We're recording. Great. That's a new thing for us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Shall I just start us? Yeah. Off. Start us off. Hi. I'm big. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Big. And I am White. And together, we are Big and White. And you're listening to the Big and White Podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. Uh, What are we talking about today, White? Today, we are talking about a fun little topic called growth and fixed mindset. Ooh. Mm -hmm. And how it affects living well cross-culturally oh okay yeah good i'm excited i'm nervous yeah it's gonna like call me out on my crap because i don't know if i want that i hope so i really (laughs) hope so yeah i think right now we need all the growth mindset and positivity and uh forward leaning towards change Mm. as we could possibly get because as we're recording this we're in day 54 of lockdown in nepal so some of the world right now this is like a time capsule like every single episode we release is like a time capsule that we get to listen back on we're like that was a week ago but do you remember when the world was totally different (laughs) it is weird yeah so you guys are recording on today is may 16th just for future reference if the world still exists in like a year and someone's listening back on this So, yeah, uh, right now, at least some states in the U.S. and then I know some countries in Europe and our friends around the world, they're experiencing a little bit more openness in their countries. Um, Restaurants opening up, outdoor seating and all of that Mm. good stuff. Amazing. Uh, Nepal is not. That's not happening no. here. Mm-mm. Yeah, we the just, opposite yeah. is happening. <laughs> Things were starting to open up a little bit. Like more restaurants were starting to open for takeaway and stuff, and we were starting to get all excited. And then there was one case of coronavirus confirmed in Kathmandu, and they were like, "No!" And now everything's shutting down yeah. again. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. We are following the government's instructions, mm-hmm. whether we emotionally like it or not (laughs) but yeah it is interesting like i was talking with some of my friends this morning who live in the states and they were saying how masks are mandatory there but no one actually wears them on their face like people just (laughs) hang them around their neck like i don't know like a talisman or something (laughs) like i don't really understand it's like okay i'll follow your rule but only in a way that helps no one (laughs) i'll put it on my elbow because i cough into my elbow and my elbow (laughs) needs to be protected but i was thinking like one of the benefits of being in asia is that we're all used to wearing masks oh yeah like to us it doesn't feel like that big of a deal like ah, kind of annoying whatever but if you're not used to wearing a mask it feels like you're being suffocated so all these poor people in you know Western countries that never have to wear masks or anything. They're like, this is so hard. I don't like it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I get that. That just reminded me. Can I tell you the story that my mom told me? Okay. <laughs> so I was chatting with my mom and um, and she was talking about that she had sewn some masks for herself and she had cut up these old bed sheets and they were really good quality bed sheets. Mm, nice. And um, and so she sewed a mask and she even like put wire where you like press it around your nose so oh, it was so tight it was like against steel. her nose. Yeah. 
and um and she went to Walmart to go shopping and the bed sheets were such good quality that the thread count was really high oh, no. and so she was like trying to shop and she couldn't hardly breathe <laughs> She was like, I'm going to pass out in Walmart. <laughs> I'm not going to give anyone coronavirus, but I am also not going to leave this store. <laughs> I'm going to drop dead. They're going to think I have coronavirus. It's going to oh be this whole gosh. thing. And really, it was just because I cut up some Egyptian cotton. <laughs> no, that is hilarious. Like, mm, sorry, too high quality. Yeah, <laughs> like things that you just don't think about, right? You're like, right. high quality, this should be a good mask. <laughs> hilarious I'll keep that in mind if I ever need to make a mask yeah (laughs) but we were talking about too even though we are used to wearing masks we would usually take them off when we go inside Mm, that's true and so like now everyone including like sometimes people will keep it on inside it's not weird if they're wearing a mask but I don't know I think we still rely a lot on visual cues and facial expressions more than we realized Mm, yeah so we went into a restaurant for takeaway this week and we were all like squinting really hard to (laughs) show that we were like all smiling and happy so true (laughs) oh man dude i heard the best analogy to help people understand why we need to wear masks oh tell me are you ready okay so if you're naked and someone else is naked and they want to pee on you, they can just pee all over you. <laughs> if you're wearing pants and they're naked, you have a little bit of protection, but you still get pee all over yeah, you. Yeah. If you're both wearing pants, the person who's peeing only oh pees on themselves. <gasps> and that's why everyone should wear masks. Genius. Isn't that such a good, like, you just have a visceral understanding yes. of that, right? too good of an analogy (laughs) oh man anyway lockdown is tightening up and how was your week white how you doing you know what something really good happened this week to us did it do you remember what it was um i feel like the beginning this week is a year ago so i'm not sure (laughs) we went to the restaurant i was talking about and um, to pick up donuts. Yes. And uh, bagels, which is already the beginning of a very good story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the gal who's working there, as we were checking out, asked, do you guys have a podcast? <laughs> like, oh, my God. Did you recognize our voices? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she had had the podcast recommended to her from another Nepali friend who's living in the U.S. right now. And so she started listening to us and she knew that we had come in the restaurant before because we've posted about it because it's the best donuts in Nepal. And burritos. Their burritos are amazing. So good. So she's a listener. (laughs) That was amazing. We've never been recognized in public before because we're anonymous. Yeah. (laughs) And we felt very famous. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. We definitely like leveled up that day. Mm -hmm. Felt really good. So uh, shout out to Workshop. Your food is amazing. Mm -hmm. And now we feel really cool that we got recognized. (laughs) So I guess the moral of the story is uh, if you're in Kathmandu, and you see like a white girl or two and you're like, well, there's some chance that they're big and white. You should just be like, do you have a podcast? And honestly, like there's probably like an 80% chance that they will. It might not be ours, but, you know, just give it a go. Make someone feel good about their day. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, not too bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was definitely the highlight of the week. The rest of the week has yeah. been a little bit rough. It is hard, especially finding out that our lockdown is getting tighter while we're watching all of our friends in other countries yeah. loosen up. You know, that's a little bit rough. Yeah, I've noticed that for me, it comes in cycles for sure. <laughs> like to quote a tweet I saw, it was like, lockdown, you have two or three days where you feel fine. And then suddenly you enter what I like to call the hell zone. <laughs> and it's so true. I feel like I go through this cycle of like doing well and then maybe just doing okay, you know, kind of surviving. And then I'll just have one day where I'm like, I need more people near me so that I can punch them in the face. <laughs> like just, you know, yep. something goes wrong at work and I'm just so mad about it or like just feeling so depressed. Like, I don't know. But then, yeah. Like, I, that's how I was feeling yesterday. And then I got a good <laughs> night's sleep. And I Skyped with my friends this morning. And I sat out in the sun. And I ate some waffles. And now I feel great. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Happiness, anger, lethargy. Happiness, anger, lethargy. Yep. I think yep. that's my cycle now. Yeah, that's good. We're, like, redefining the stages of grief. <laughs> yeah. Dude, on that anger day, I think I feel all five stages of grief at once. So oh, man. It's real. terrifying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think a lot of people, maybe all people are going through this, but I don't know about you guys and the people that you're spending your lockdown time with, but we do not go through the cycle the same times. Luckily, what if we were both in the hell zone yeah. on the same day? It'd be like, You want to work out today? Yeah, let's punch the walls. (laughs) How suddenly did we break every dish in the kitchen? I don't understand. Yeah. No, we're doing good. So since I'm doing well today, can I take that to mean you're doing horribly? I'm not doing too great. That's true. Okay. True (laughs) indeed. I just feel like I'm not necessarily mad or even like really sad i just kind of have fallen into this state of i need to conserve all of my energy so i can't like expend too much emotional energy on anything which is a little bit unfortunate because i actually have a lot to do (laughs) (laughs) i know neither of us is bored yeah (sighs) but we're doing okay we're making it through Yeah. yeah we're doing it Just don't forget about us as your countries continue to open up and like don't send us pictures being like, oh my gosh, look, I'm sitting at my favorite restaurant because that'll make us really sad. No, you can send us those pictures. Just don't ask us if we're also doing the same thing. That's That's what makes me mad. Yeah. I'm like, I'm so relieved like this one restaurant send us their recipe so I can also make the amazing smoothie bowl. And then when my friend is like, um, that's cool that your favorite restaurant's open. And I'm like, it's not open. <laughs> I said, I made it. <laughs> Ooh, that was bubbling under the surface. I didn't feel it there. Hi, anger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um. Well, that was just a lot of us kind of complaining, wasn't it? <laughs> well, we needed to tell someone. It's just been us talking to each other and then like a couple other friends. It's true. Yeah. So... You guys get to hear it. This episode of Big and White is the equivalent of book five of Harry Potter. (laughs) We got some things to work through, okay? The first 10 chapters are like teenage frustration mixed with (laughs) grief at Cedric's death. It's fine. Yeah. Let's move on to the main topic now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. 
Speaking of all of those things, let's think positively and think about all of the ways that we can still grow and develop into good people and not get just stuck in the gunk of adulthood the last two months (laughs) and beyond. Okay, so White, I hear that you read a book about growth and fixed mindset. Is that true? I sure did. I read it just for you guys, just for this episode, not for my own personal growth at all. She hasn't been reading a ton of self-improvement books. No, no. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did read a book. So this, well, I guess I'll say now growth and fixed mindset is kind of a topic that has, not to make it sound like I was the one discovered it, who discovered it, (laughs) I was not, but it's a little bit more mainstream. So you'll probably have seen mention of it if you haven't explicitly read about it or heard about it. You've probably heard it mentioned before. On other podcasts that you might listen to, how dare you? Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the book that I read is the original Growth and Fixed Mindset <gasps> book. Oh, gee. Yeah. Okay. I went to the source <laughs> um, without like having to read like academic journal mm. articles. I just can't do that. Um, anyway, so the book is called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. And it's written by Dr. Carol Dweck. And Dr. Dweck is like the pioneer for growth versus fixed mindset. She's pretty awesome. The book was originally published in 2006. She's continued to research um, this topic since then. So it's continuing to expand. So it's pretty recent, actually. Yeah. Like 15 years. I know. Imagine. Like, everyone is talking about growth versus fixed mindset now, right? Like, so like literally like, everyone. Like everyone. <laughs> so it's hard to imagine that it was not very long ago that nobody really thought about it. Or if they thought about it, there wasn't a term really to mm. be able to discuss it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'll just give a brief synopsis of how she did this research and how she kind of discovered growth mindset. And then we'll talk about how it directly applies to life overseas and how to be a good human, even if you're not in a different country. I want to be a good human. Yeah, that's the dream, man. So she and her grad students uh, conducted quite a few studies among young people. So some of them were like really young and then up through like high schoolers. And um, basically, they would give these students some kind of challenging problem, you know, that was kind of to their level. So it could have been like, if you're a little kid, then it would have been some kind of puzzle or a for older kids, like some kind of written exam or something. But the whole point of these activities was that they were really difficult and basically impossible to actually figure out in the time that they gave them. And they looked at how these students responded to this difficult problem. And they found some really, really interesting things. So they found that some of the kids were like really weirdly, positively to not actually doing very well at (laughs) problem solving. So she had some of the kids, I think this was from the 10-year-old class that said, oh, I love a challenge. And then (laughs) another... psycho. I know, right? (laughs) Um, Another said, I was hoping that this would be informative. (laughs) 
And then some of the other kids, so this was in an older, or a study with older kids, I think they were seventh graders, and they gave them an exam that they were bound to not do very well at. And some of the kids who didn't do very well were negative about it. So some of those students, they said, well, next time that they would do that test, um, they would find a way to cheat so that they would be more successful at it. Or Mm. other kids found other students who had done worse than them on the test Mm. and based their self-confidence and their, you know, like, oh, well, at least I didn't do as bad as that kid. And that made them feel better about themselves. Mm -hmm. And so basically, Carol Dweck and her grad students kind of based those studies to be able to define two types of people and how they react to challenging things in their life. So you have those who are growth mindset people Mm -hmm. and those who are fixed mindset people. People with fixed mindset basically see their abilities as being either present or not present. So maybe you're not good at something right away. Then you say, oh, well, I don't have that ability. I'm just not an athletic person. Exactly. Like you can't dribble a basketball. So you're like, well, I'm just not a person who can dribble a basketball. So I think I'll find something that I'm good at naturally. Mm -hmm. So it kind of becomes more like they internalize that identity of themselves. So rather than saying, well, I'm not good at basketball, but if I practice every day for a month, then I can probably develop this skill. They say, no, I'm not good at basketball, probably not good at any sports. I'm going to just read Books, nothing but books. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so good at books. Um, So they kind of see their abilities as being fixed and not something that can just develop over time, part of their identity, right? Yeah. And then people with growth mindsets say, well, I'm not good at basketball, but if I practice, then I'll get good at it. And it's something that interests me. So therefore, it's worth the effort mm-hmm. of becoming better at this, even if I have to go through the period of sucking in the meantime. Right. Yeah, yeah. So the kids with growth mindset would have been the ones who say, I love a challenge. <laughs> I was hoping this would be informative. <laughs> and the kids with fixed mindset said, I'm not good at this, but at least freaking Danny Barnett over here is worse than me. So... old danny barnetta (laughs) but it's not just like binary like you are a growth mindset person or you're a fixed mindset person right because i feel like even as you're giving those examples like i can see in myself like i was like oh yeah i would totally practice basketball every day for a month (laughs) like i can get good at any sport but then i hear the stories about the test and i'm like that sounds hard i am better than danny barnetta Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. Like, there's a lot of gray area within that. So maybe you think this is actually one that I hear a lot. So people often have fixed mindset about their artistic abilities. Oh, yeah. So I'm just not an artistic exactly. Person. And you're like, what does that even mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> there's so many ways that you can be a creative or artistic person, but they put that as part of their identity. That well. I can't even draw a stick figure right. You know, you're like, oh, how many times have I heard that? <laughs> like, I can't either. It doesn't mean that I can't paint and, like, enjoy calligraphy or whatever, you know. Right. But maybe on other things I say, well, I am really bad at rugby, but I'm going to learn to be good at it mm-hmm, anyway. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm willing to be bad so that I can eventually be good. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely not black and white. I think kind of transitioning to 
how it has affected us living cross-culturally. Something that, I don't know if you've heard this big, but like, especially when I was first making the transition to moving here, people back at home would tell me, oh, you're moving overseas. That's amazing. I could never do that. Oh, yeah. I hate that (laughs) so much. (laughs) And yeah, it was kind of draining to hear that. Like, I get the sentiment, like, it's not so easy. Like, it's true. It took a couple years to be able to actually, like, get all the logistics. Yeah, it's a challenging thing to do, but... I don't know. I guess for me, the reason I didn't like that, which I didn't identify as growth versus fixed mindset at the time, is I feel like you're just giving yourself an excuse to not try. Yeah. You know, oh, I could never do that. Like, that sounds hard. I don't. I mean, maybe you don't want to move overseas. That's okay. That's fine. But saying I couldn't do it, like, mm, you could actually. Humans yeah. can do a lot of things. That yeah, that's just kind do. of silly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not to say that it's not a challenge. Exactly. I mean, I think. And I still think this, having lived here for three years. Mm -hmm. But, like, I thought a lot about this and living overseas of being like, well, it is a challenge. It's really difficult sometimes. But, like, you just keep doing it. Right. Like, if you think that you have that ability, I still, I'm like, can I do this? And I'm like, girl, you live here. (laughs) Like, You've been doing it. You're actively (laughs) doing it. That is true, though. Like, if you have that mindset of it's okay if I don't do it well mm-hmm. all the time and I can keep improving, yeah, then you're going to be way more successful than if you give up the first time yeah. you fail. And I mean, it's difficult as an adult, naturally, just how our brain was designed to function. Right. As your brain matures, it doesn't want to have to keep learning new things. Mm -hmm. It wants to have efficiency. Like last episode, we talked about habit formation. Yeah. And habit formation and growth mindset really just can go hand in hand. It's really interesting. But yeah, your brain wants to be able to relax and just focus on the routines that it's been developing for the last decades, right? And so fixed mindset in at least some aspect of your life can come really naturally because your brain wants to relax and take it easy and do the same job and not have to think about things. Yeah. Um, But growth mindset says, well, you can choose to not do it, but you also have the ability to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's actually really freeing. Yeah. I think maybe, though, for some people, it's scary. Like, if you're afraid of failing, then feeling like you know ahead of time that you can't do it. Mm-hmm. means that you never have to have the threat of failure. True. Right? Trying yeah. it means that you might fail. Yeah. So I guess like if you already have it as like if you have a fixed mindset about moving overseas, you say, well, that's just who I am. I'm not someone who can move overseas. Then you're going to be constantly defending that part of your identity because mm. you've internalized it at that point. That's who you are, right? And so everything that you do needs to be able to back up that part of yourself that you believe to be true. Yeah. So for you, what do you think is something that maybe either you used to have a fixed mindset about and you had to switch to a growth mindset Mm. in order to be successful in moving cross-culturally? Or like, what does that look like for you in your move overseas? Yeah. I think the thing that comes to mind first is language learning. Mm -hmm. So that's been ongoing for a lot longer than the time that I've lived overseas. But like, I guess it's kind of funny because looking back, so like when I was in college and I kind of figured out that, 
oh, I want to be able to work somewhere cross-culturally. Um, so I kind of had like a growth mindset, like I don't know what this is going to look like, but I know that I can do it and I'm willing to not know what I'm doing to in order to figure it out. Yeah. But once I figured out, oh, you need to learn at least some language, you know, like I was a linguistics major in undergrad. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I have to learn a certain number of languages to a certain proficiency. And that was like fixed mindset really came out really strong during mm. that time. So I started college uh, learning Spanish, and that was a minor at one point. And I spent those years of Spanish being absolutely terrified of making a mistake. Like, I dreaded Spanish class because, well, like one of my Spanish professors, for example, he had a ball that he would throw at someone in the classroom. Yeah. And he would be like... Like, actually call us his victims as he threw the ball. He'd be like, oh, mi pelota, los victimas. And then he would throw them at us. Which is just not good. Like, if you're ever going to be an ESL teacher or a foreign language teacher, don't do that. Okay, moving <laughs> Create on. a safe space. Yeah. Oh and so gosh. I was just absolutely terrified that I would make a fool of myself or that I was at a lower level um, than other students in my classroom. And that was terrible. And then... I started taking some ESL classes because that was part of my linguistics degree mm -hmm. um, to be an ESL teacher. And I learned about something called an effective filter. Ooh, what's that? Yeah. So basically, an effective filter is the attitude that you have in relation to learning a language. So if you have a negative feelings or anxiety revolving around learning that language, then your effective filter is going to be really high. So like imagine like you're standing in a tank of water and you're when you're anxious, then the water is rising above your head. Wow. So like you're not going to be focused on learning the language because you're focused on the water that's oh. rising higher and higher. That's all that you can think about yeah. is not drowning. Okay. But if your effective filter is low and your anxiety is low, then the water is going lower and lower and lower. And so you can focus on other things mm. that are around you. And in this case, that's language learning. So I learned about this in ESL classes, but at the time I was also taking Chinese, mm. which is freaking hard. Yeah. And so I realized like, even though naturally I have a fixed mindset about this, like my whole personality says, don't make a fool of yourself. No one can see that you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> don't let them know. <laughs> um. I still had this idea of effective filter and said, well, you know that learning a language, you're not going to know everything right away. Like, it's necessary to make mistakes and try things out in right. order to become better at speaking this language. So therefore, just make yourself be okay with looking silly sometimes. And that helps so much. I learned so much more in that Chinese class. Mm. And that's something that even before I knew about growth and fixed mindset – really helped me in learning a language. And so moving here and starting to learn Nepali full-time, that helped so much because it was like, well, part of my identity is that I live in Nepal and I am a linguist researching languages. Therefore, I should be really good at learning Nepali because mm. that's what linguists do. They learn languages. <laughs> and I should learn it quickly. And I am someone who should speak Nepali. That's part of my identity. Right. And so that could have like been really terrible. But instead, because I said, 
this is part of the process to be bad at learning language so that you can get good at it. I mm. was able to relax and just enjoy the process a little bit more and not take it too seriously. Yeah, just be in that growth mindset. Yeah, exactly. Like looking forward rather than being afraid yeah. in the moment. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, what about you? Can you think of any? Um, I think for me, a lot of it is social. Mm. Like when I lived in the U.S., I had lots of friends from lots of different backgrounds and friend groups and stuff. And I kind of like prided myself in being good at being friends with different types of people, you know? Mm -hmm. And then living overseas. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is something that I feel like I haven't transitioned very well to a growth mindset or mm -hmm. I really should mm -hmm. is that my relationships, especially with Nepalese, but also with other people of other cultures are just so hard. Mm -hmm. And I kind of give up. I'm like, oh, we don't click. I guess that's it. You yeah, know, right. I don't have friendships where it's awkward because I'm good at, s at social <laughs> skills, you know? Yeah. And so I think that has led me to have fewer Nepali friends than mm -hmm. I had originally hoped or that I would like. Because it just feels too hard. Right. You know, I don't want to go through that painful time of like learning how to interact and have a friendship the Nepali way. Yeah. That's super real. I totally get that as well. Mm -hmm. mm. But yeah, I mean, that being said, I, I feel like when you first brought this topic up, like a lot of the examples I could think of were things where I'm like, yeah, I do have a growth mindset. You right. Know? And I think... I mean, part of it's my personality. Like, I just get excited about trying new things, you know? So I'm like, I could learn that. I could right. do that. I could learn that. <laughs> but also just taking it down to a smaller scale, too, of like, especially when you first go to move overseas. I think I don't have this as much now that I've lived here for six years. Mm -hmm. But you really hype yourself into an ultra growth mindset. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'm going to have a brand new life. I'm going to learn how to do all the things right. all over, you know? So that helps a lot. But you do. I mean... You have to be open to not knowing how to wash dishes, yeah. not knowing how to do laundry, not knowing how to use toilets, like not knowing what to wear, not knowing how to do your hair, like all the things. If it freaks you out to be bad at that stuff, you're going to be in trouble. You yeah. Know? So you, like having a growth mindset of I'm excited to learn a new way to do this. And I know that over time I'll get good at living in this mm -hmm. new culture and following these new routines and methods and patterns and you know kind of changing your whole life around how people do things differently and what's different things are available if you want to practice growth mindset try moving overseas <laughs> absolutely yeah that's so true and i think also at least from what our community is like here it kind of helps you see behind the curtain of people who maybe you think are just like, oh, these are the most amazing people. You know, they're doing these really incredible jobs and speaking Nepali and all right. of this stuff, you know, you're like, oh, well, they just must be inherently gifted to do these things. Yeah, it'd be so easy to have a fixed mindset when looking at them like yeah. they're good at living overseas right. and I'm bad at it. I'm terrible at all of these things. I just must not be good at any of them. I shouldn't even try. But I think that the more growth mindset that you have, at least from what we've seen, the more open you are to being able to share how not good at things that you are. Yes, yeah. So like, well, a lot of people back 
for us in America think, oh, you people on your pedestals, you're so amazing. I can't do that. (laughs) And then we see all of these people and see like, oh, yeah, we all admit to each other like you guys. I'm doing bad at this. This is all that I do every day is just mm-hmm. like 30 or not every day, but <laughs> every week I'm doing, I'm just practicing language for 30 hours with a tutor and, you know, all of these things like you get to see behind the curtain. Yeah. My favorite is hearing stories, especially of people that have lived here long enough to be like pretty competent. Hearing their stories of when they first moved and the mistakes that they (laughs) made, like, yes. (laughs) And somehow I got poop all over the bathroom, (laughs) but I didn't want to tell my host family, so I tried (laughs) to find the mom. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that until we're talking about it now. But, like, we've talked about just us the kind of the stages of when you move when we see people moving to Nepal because like when you first move here and you don't know anything and then after a couple months you're like yeah I got this and you're like you're not going to take any of my advice are you because you think that you have it all figured out and then like a year in they're like I don't have anything and then a couple of years or, you know, for me, it's been three years and I'm like, well, I know enough that I don't know a lot. It is cyclical though. You're right. Because yeah. I feel like I'm in the like, mm, I don't need your help. I got this stage, which is <laughs> not great. <laughs> there is a lot left for me to learn. Yeah. It's funny that you'd be able to open yourself up like, yeah, different stages like that of mm-hmm. like, well, I, I know everything. I'm someone who has this ability, whatever. And then you're like, I don't have it at all. Mm -hmm. I have to figure it out and that's okay. So question. So you said you kind of like you can think of a lot of different situations that your growth mindset. Mm. So in general, like historically looking back when you were younger, do you think you're more prone to a growth mindset or fixed mindset? Ooh, that's a good question. And <laughs> also great because I get to show off how cool I am. No, oh, I'm just <laughs> yay. <laughs> I, I do think that in general, I have more of a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a little bit personality, but I feel super grateful to my parents really taught me a growth mindset. Like they modeled that for me. Mm. You know, my mom was always trying new things and like, you know, tearing up the backyard and planting all new plants or like retiling the kitchen or, you know, (laughs) like, I don't know how to do this, but I'm just going to learn it and then do it, you know? Yeah. And, um, just a lot of fun learning happened Mm. in my house. But the other thing that I think really, really influenced me to have a growth mindset in most areas of my life would be gymnastics. Mm. I mean, most sports have this for sure, but there is something about gymnastics that even more because you have all these little small goals, which are tricks that you're learning to do, Mm. right? And sometimes you have to do it hundreds of times wrong before you finally get it. And just having so much practice, failing, 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 and then succeeding. And Mm -hmm. then, okay, now the next thing, failing, 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 (laughs) failing, failing, and then succeeding. For me, I think that was really invaluable experience. So if you have kids, put them in sports. Yeah. (laughs) That reminds me of that, like, Bruce Lee quote. Yeah. You know that one? Um, Let's see. I don't fear the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks. I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. Yes. It's so true. I'm not quite that good. I do have a commitment problem where I just want to try all the things. (laughs) (laughs) 
like I, I do it until I get like mediocre at it. Yeah. And then I'm like, that was my next thing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. But yeah, like that's something that if you have fixed mindset, you don't let yourself see. Like you see mm. your ability as being fixed. So therefore you're like, oh, well, big, she's amazing at gymnastics. Right. And they don't let themselves see the part that's like, oh, you've been practicing this one trick hundreds of times in order to get this way and the other the fixed mindset person is like i haven't practiced at all but i couldn't right i think too helping yourself develop a growth mindset is kind of exposure therapy to failure yeah you know like if you haven't failed very often it feels scary Mm -hmm. and if you've failed a bunch you're like well i survived okay (laughs) it's okay to fail (laughs) i'm not worried about that so yeah, that was definitely an important aspect that I mm-hmm. learned. How about you? Did you, like growing up, which of these mindsets do you think was more prevalent for you? I think I'm definitely more prone to fixed mindset about most things, mm-hmm. maybe. Like, I mean, you talked about gymnastics. I definitely had and maybe slightly still do a fixed mindset a lot when it comes to sports. Mm. So I was super shy growing up. Isn't that weird to hear? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we didn't have a lot of like, I went to a small school, we didn't have sport options anyway. So I didn't ever like push myself to get good at anything and it wasn't very fun for me to put myself out there socially anyway. So I just didn't do anything. And just kind of stuck to like things that I was naturally good at. And I think that that really messed me up Hmm. for a good long while. Yeah. Um, Because it, yeah, it got internalized where it's like, oh, well, I'm not good at sports. Therefore, I shouldn't try because I will fail and then I'll look stupid. When in reality, I mean, like on one hand, that's like a little bit true because (laughs) if you don't grow up doing some kind of sport then you don't have very good hand-eye coordination in the same way you don't have the same like connection to your body to be able to be like this is where my body's position in the world actually is (laughs) 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 and i was in track for one semester my last semester of high school and that was probably one of the worst experiences of my entire life oh no so that didn't help either it did not so then like graduating i was like screw that crap man like i'm not good at it i shouldn't even try and like okay so i worked part-time and i lived far away from my school and so i didn't ever get to go to the track practices (laughs) and i was out of shape anyway and like It didn't really cross my mind that you had to really work out to be in good shape. (laughs) That's so, so funny, but also so revealing. Yeah. And I mean, that's like it was it wasn't that long ago, but the Internet wasn't really a big part of our lives. And it wasn't, you know, you didn't get like exposed to stuff the same way that you do now. Right. Especially if you're living in a smaller town. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like health is not particularly important. Um, anyway, so I went to this track meet and finished last in every single category that my coach put <laughs> me in. Because you never practiced? I never practiced. Like, don't do the long jump if you've never jumped in your life. <laughs> um, so that was horrible. So then I was like, well, I'm not good at this. Therefore, I'm not going to try again. Never mind the fact that other people on the team were like yeah, on the basketball team and they ran <laughs> and did 
drills and stuff and had good cardiovascular health. But that's exactly what we're talking about, right? Exactly. It's like you, because you had a fixed mindset, you didn't identify that being good at something is caused by hard work. Yeah. You just thought, well, yeah. either you're good at it or you're not. Exactly. So now that I'm older and, you know, since then I've done a couple half marathons and I uh, lift and, you know, all of this stuff, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. Like the pattern is still there. Yeah, like, you're having to consciously fight it. Yeah. Like right now I'm working on my personal training certification and I'm getting ready for the exam right now. And so constantly I'm coming up against this still habit, you know, fixed mindset idea of like, why are you even trying? Like, you're not, you're not the strongest person. You're not good at this. Like, why would you even do this? No one's going to want to follow your personal training advice. And so, you know, and like, I have healthy things to counter that with, but it still takes up a lot. It takes a lot of mental energy to fight those negative thoughts. So... Yeah, that's definitely my biggest thing. Other things, like, I feel like I have been okay with, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I've learned gradually that, oh, well, I'm not good at portraits, painting portraits, but that doesn't mean that I'm not artistic or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So what did your book have to say about developing a growth mindset? Yeah, that's a good question. So I did come up with... Some um, recommendations for, yeah, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, no, I do have a fixed mindset about this thing or this thing. What do we do about it? Are you ready for some recommendations? Oh, my gosh. Hit me. This is partially from the book and also from Carol Dweck has a TED Talk that you can look up. Ooh, I love a good TED Talk. So. I think you can just search Carol Dweck. It's D-W-E-C-K, Growth Mindset, TED Talk, and it'll come up. Fabulous. Um, she's pretty awesome. Um, and then also, I, as I was reading the book, I was kind of thinking of other things, too, to add to it, because, you know, I'm so smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so experienced. <laughs> so first step, you should look at areas of your life where you have fixed mindset. We all have them. It might be more or less difficult to find those areas, but yeah, we all have them. It's okay. You don't need to like beat yourself up or shame yourself because you've identified these things. It's natural. So just be aware of where you have a fixed mindset. Do you have any tips for that? Because I feel like when Mm. we first started talking about this, I had trouble actually thinking of areas where I have a fixed mindset. And I think part of it is because I have just like pushed those away. I'm like, well... That's not something I can do, so I'm not even going to think about it, you know? (laughs) So it was, like, hard to even think of areas. That's a good question. I feel like maybe one important and easy thing that you can do is just being aware that fixed and growth mindset is a thing at all. Mm. Because once you're, like, aware of it, then you start kind of applying it or, like, thinking about it more often in your daily life. And maybe you'll probably come up against something in the course of a couple weeks and be like, oh, yeah, like, I don't want to do this thing. And that's why. So maybe like, think of things you could a think of things that you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Like maybe someone's like, hey, do you want to come over and have a dance party? And you're like, (laughs) heck, no. And you're like, why don't I want to have a dance party? Is it because I, 
I don't, I can't think of like a really good reason to not have a dance <laughs> <I'm an> party. <laughs> <laughs> or is it because, well, I'm someone who I can't dance, therefore I don't want to make a fool of myself and try. Right. Okay. And you could also think of things that you are good at or that you really like doing and then think of the inverse of those mm. and think, why don't I want to do this thing? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's good to keep in mind that fixed mindset is a lot about identity. So it's not just like, oh, what things are am I bad at and why am I bad at them? Like, you don't have to like everything. Yeah, you don't have to be good at everything. Yeah, it's yeah. not not healthy to be like, well, mm-hmm. I don't want to do math. And no, oh, but I better force myself to take <laughs> a math class so I'm good at it. Like, it's fine if you're bad at math, honestly. Anyway. Um, maybe that's just me. (laughs) As I'm over here, like doing a voluntary (laughs) statistics class on a Friday evening. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're allowed to have interests and not be interested in everything. That's not a sign of an unhealthy person. But it is a lot to do with identity. So things that you think, oh, well, trying to think of an example. Well, maybe like if you have something that you feel like you should do, like exercising would be an example. Mm-hmm. And you're like, keep putting it off. And mm, you're like, I don't want to do it. Yep. And then maybe you identify that thought and you're like, well, why don't I want to do it? Mm-hmm. And maybe you realize, actually, I think the reason I don't want to work out isn't that I'm tired or lazy. Right. It's that I'm afraid I'll look stupid while I'm doing it. Yeah, that's a really good example. Or I'll feel bad about myself because I'm not in shape and it'll mm-hmm. just remind me how not in shape I am. Yeah. So instead then trying to turn that into a growth mindset, Mm -hmm. what would that look like? Um, In that situation, I mean, I went through the same thing when I was learning to exercise when I first started going to the gym with you and our other friend. Mm -hmm. And honestly, a lot of what helped me was just being like, everyone looks silly when they start. So why not like take advantage of the situation and ask for help Mm. and learn to get good at it? People love giving help. Yeah. I'm always afraid to ask for help. People love it. I love helping Mm -hmm. people. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't like the other person, they're not excited about helping you because they think you look stupid and it makes them look better or, you know, something Mm. like that. Like they legitimately like helping you. And often we remember what we were like at that stage. Right. And they're excited that you're getting into something that they love too. Yeah. 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 I know. I really appreciate Jordan Peterson always talks about don't compare yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's such a good mantra always. Absolutely. It's so pointless to actually compare yourself to people. Because everyone is different. Everyone has it's different so experiences yeah. and challenges. And and yeah, you don't know what's going on in their life. So. Yeah. And I think that remaining open to asking for help and not necessarily being good at something is something that you need to continue to be aware of. Does mm. that make sense? I'm not sure if the syntax was actually spot on. Like you keep needing sense. to remind yourself to be open. Yeah. Like yeah. I think for me talking about like language learning, mm-hmm. I think we've talked about this before. We've been here for years. It doesn't mean that we've completely mastered Nepali. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you love it when someone asks you, so are you fluent in Nepali? And they're just like, "Mm, oh, no, no. (laughs) Never. 
Um, yeah, so maybe when you move here, you kind of expect, oh, well, after a year, I'll have done Nepali so much. Nepali lessons and practice and reading and blah, blah, blah. I'll have to be super good at it. And then you get to a year and you're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then in that moment, you just need to be like, I still have more to learn and I'm excited to learn. Exactly. Yep. Constantly keeping yourself open. Mm. And that's what a growth mindset is, baby. Like it's not jumping from fixed mindset stone to fixed mindset (laughs) stone and you're learning in between. (laughs) It means that you're opening yourself up to continually developing new skills and whatever your life needs. That's what you develop. Okay, so you identify areas where you have fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. You get out of your comfort zone by continuously having the growth mindset. Exactly. Right? I have another point that just says, just do it. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, just do it. it. This is a really important thing. Like you can learn all of the definitions of growth mindset and habit formation. You can read Carol Dweck's book. Listen to this podcast on repeat like I know that you're going to do. You can keep yourself open for it, but you also just have to continue to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is something that we have learned with moving overseas and people are like, I could never do that. (laughs) Like, well, just do it and then you'll be doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I think so much of what our lifestyle demands is just inertia. Oh my gosh, that is so true. I feel like so often when I don't want to do something or it feels hard, then once I do it, I'm like, oh, that was fine. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Like even just the act of moving overseas, you're like, well, I'm really excited about it and I know it's going to be hard, but I can do it. And then you actually have to take the first step of like finding someone to work for and you're like, oh, this is really hard. (laughs) I didn't know that it would be this hard, but... I decided I was going to do this, so I better just keep going. And mm-hmm. then you get done with that. And then you're like, oh, well, I need to find a moving company. Well, that's hard to get rid of all my stuff. Oh, well, yes, I better just keep doing it. Yeah. And you realize as you keep going on that it's possible. It's just one step after another. And you just have to keep going. Yeah. Rely on inertia if nothing else. You might not always <laughs> be motivated to keep going, but you're like, this is what I'm doing. So here we go. So I'm still doing it. Exactly. Yeah, I guess – We don't always know what we're capable of, right? Like you Mm. think, oh, I could never do that. And you're like, well, if you've never done it, how do you know? Right. And then once you do it, you're like, oh, I did it. Yeah. hey By doing something hard like that, like you kind of realize that like, well, I mean, maybe that wasn't fun the whole time, but I could do it. Yeah. And if I could do that, then what else can I do? Uh And so like we've been talking a lot about how – difficult all these things are and maybe you're like oh growth mindset actually sounds pretty dang exhausting (laughs) you get to constantly fail all the time (laughs) so just to draw it back a little bit my last uh, recommendation for developing a growth mindset is give praise to you to yourself Mm. and to others as well whenever it's due so don't just make it miserable like, well, I have to be growth mindset oriented and <laughs> therefore I must just keep working. Like celebrate good things that you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, but within that, even the way that you give praise to yourself kind of changes. Oh, snap. Oh, your whole brain's going to change. 
So instead of saying things like, like, for example, you are in a language learning class and they gave you an exam and you did well on it, instead of being like, wow, I did really good on that exam, I must be really smart, you can say, you know what? You did really good on that exam. You worked really hard. That was a great thing. And we can keep doing that. Yeah. So focus on the action and yeah. rather than the identity. Yeah. Um, or like, wow, that Nepali conversation was pretty difficult to understand, but you persevered through it. You tried your hardest. And because of that, you have a new friend to talk to or you know mm. something like that like yeah yeah like you are the one doing the work that's the amazing thing about growth mindset it's not just like oh well inherently i'm smart and i need to keep doing things that i am smart at you're actually getting credit for doing something yeah yeah you're the one doing all of this hard work hey celebrate that and Carol Dweck also says, like, if you start feeling a little bit too smug about things that you've done, oh, then, no. you know, like, maybe you do something, you're like, oh, I was really good at that, or that was really easy, and like, how good I am, then you can reinforce growth mindset by saying, wow, well, that must have not been hard enough for me. Next time, I'll find something that'll really challenge me. Yeah. Ooh. That's good. I feel that at a deep level. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then she also says that if you're feeling or if you feel like you're just continuing to be bad at something, then remind yourself of the not yet. Mm. So it's a skill that you're working on and you haven't mastered it yet. That doesn't mean that you're never going to actually be good at it. Yeah. You can live in the feeling of not yet. Mm -hmm. And so those are things that you can tell yourself, but also it's things that you can tell others around you. She gives the example of how do you speak to your kids, like not reinforcing fixed mindset. Right. Yeah. Um, because we were talking like maybe partially, you know, how much of it is just inherent, like this is my personality and also how much can you learn? Mm. And so they found that it does, like it really can affect kids, how their teachers and how their parents speak to them, how they uh, respond to successes and failures. Yeah. And so she developed like a program or like a curriculum with younger, like primary elementary school age kids to be able to focus on the the not yet the wow that wasn't hard enough for you next time i'll give you something that'll really right. you know push your abilities or like instead of oh you're such a good girl like oh you made a good decision and exactly yeah yeah <laughs> so just to like kind of wrap it up mm -hmm. i was thinking um in the mindset book carol dweck's talking about when she was first discovering growth mindset and like she was trying to internalize a like and um, reinforce growth mindset within herself. And so she was like, you know, changing over from saying like, wow, you're so smart. You're such a good person to being like, wow, you re worked really hard and it shows. Mm. And so one day she came into her house and her husband had done something for her. Like, can't remember what it was, like some kind of household task that they really needed done. And she was so excited about it that mm. she was like, oh my gosh, you're an amazing husband. And then she said this look of horror at what I had said came <laughs> over my face. And I looked at my husband imploringly, begging. And he said, I know what you meant. You meant that I worked really hard and you appreciate the difficult thing that I did. <laughs> and my perseverance shows. She was like, yeah, I did mean that. Oh 
So that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, can we like still compliment each other in growth mindset? Can I say you're an amazing friend or is that not allowed anymore? I think you have to be like, you did this task well and it enhanced my feelings of friendship for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll work on that. <laughs> Well, thanks, White, for sharing all of your newfound knowledge about growth and fixed mindset. I hope you guys enjoyed that and that maybe you learned something that will help you either with a transition, moving to a new culture, or just in your day-to-day life. Let us know how it goes. hey Is it time for something? Something like a segment of the week? I think it is. So today's segment is from a question that a listener sent to us. He said, hello, two-year Nepali learner here. Topic to include in one of your posts or episodes. One thing that you wish you learned or realized sooner about Nepali language. Or really any advice for Nepali slash any language learners. (laughs) Keep up the great podcast. Well, thank you, sir. Um, That's broad. I don't know about any advice for language learners, but we can talk about things that we wish we had learned a lot sooner in Nepali. I mean, we did talk about language learning. We have an episode for that. Yes. Go check it out. I don't know what number it is, but Future Big will tell us while she's editing right now. Yeah, that was way back in episode number eight. Go check it out. Thank you, Future Big. Thank you. Um, but we can talk about things that we wished we had learned slash realized sooner about the Nepali language. Oh, yes, we can. So for me, something that I wished I had figured out sooner were Nepali particles. Oh, yes. Those <sighs> are very important. Yeah, but they're things that like, I guess anything that is not in your native language is kind of hard to ask about because you don't know to ask about it. Right, and you don't necessarily that's true. like you're like, what is that? You know, when you're in conversation. Yeah. Well, and depending on your curriculum too, like it might not be included if it's mm-hmm. something that's a little bit more used in conversation versus written language. True. But yeah, so particles are small monosyllabic syllabic. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my language skills are going down. Um monosyllabic particles so like ra ta hai hai <laughs> things like that and they serve a very specific purpose within mm. nepali which often is something to do with uh what's that word when you're being nice polite it's often <laughs> to do with politeness because nepali doesn't really have so- things like please um, they don't use thank you as often as at least Americans would. Yeah, we're obsessed with thank you. They just have little built-in things like hi. Like, well, I feel like, like hi is kind of similar to in Canada how people say a at the mm. end of you know, like it's called outside today. Like yeah. a is not a word that you learn in English <laughs> class, you know, <laughs> but it's very important mm-hmm. to the meaning of the sentence. Yeah. Um, and so it's usually, it's not always at the end of a sentence, but it's, mm-hmm. it might be connected to 
a noun or something like that. Like it draws attention to it. Right. Well, and it can also change the meaning of the sentence. Like some of the particles flip something from positive to negative Mm. or like once our friend had just learned one of these particles and she was trying to say, I didn't understand everything. But instead, she said, I understood almost nothing. (laughs) Pretty important to know how to use those. And then also, if you hear someone use one, you might think they said the opposite of what they were trying to say. That's very true. That's a great example. Mm -hmm. What about you? For me, I just learned this (laughs) two months ago. How embarrassing (laughs) is that? But... In Nepali, there's a way of talking about something that habitually happens versus is just happening right now. So, like, I can say there's traffic right now. Or I can say there's usually traffic on Mondays at this time, right? (laughs) And I didn't know the difference between those. (laughs) I was just randomly throwing them around. Like, (laughs) people were probably so confused. I'm like, you guys, it is always so hot outside today. (laughs) (laughs) like yeah um i'm constantly tall (laughs) (laughs) so anyway that's my great mistake that i've been making for six full years oh man (laughs) and for nepali learners it's the difference between ta and hunta so (laughs) check that out (laughs) yeah like the first things that you learn but you didn't realize that you didn't learn it's hard yeah I, when he messaged us, I also asked him, I was like, well, you've been learning Nepali. What's your answer to this question? So he said, probably something about how there's a lot of flexibility with word order in a sentence in Nepali compared to English because he's in America or strict subject, object, verb, word Mm -hmm. order. So Nepali is an SOV language. So you do the subject and the object and then the verb. Right. So instead of saying my name is big, I would say my name big is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the verb is at the very end. But in a lot of subject object verb languages and in Pali included, you can have a lot of flexibility Mm -hmm. within it. Like you could say instead of so like to ask, what is this? You would officially you're supposed to say yo keho. So this what, what is. is, but a lot of times people will be like, yo right? So they flip it so that the it's what is this yeah. versus what this yeah. is. That is true, yeah, yeah. I guess I just naturally did that without even noticing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was being sloppy, but I was being more natural. Hey. <laughs> Or he said, or I wish I understood better earlier how Nepali people ask questions with just just the echo ending conjugation. So like, so like Nepali has that echo is the spoken form. Mm -hmm. So you don't get to write echo. Ever. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, but spoken Nepali is cool. And you don't have to like conjugate verbs. So you could be like, for you, me, they, us, you can use that same form. And that's like mm-hmm. past tense spoken form. Yeah. Sorry, if you don't know any Nepali, you're probably like, ah. <laughs> it's just kind of like a more casual way of talking. Yeah. But if you are learning formal Nepali in a class, you probably would never learn it. Mm-mm. And you'd hear someone say it and you'd be like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, I did not learn it until I started going to a grammar 
class. Oh, really? <laughs> I had been here for like two years and then I went and started with another teacher and I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> and so he was funny. like, oh. <laughs> I think it's really helpful to switch teachers up mm-hmm. when you're learning language because if you only ever talk to one person, you just like learn their idiosyncrasies or they might have a gap that they yeah. just never say things the right. same way and you don't hear it. So yeah truth well listener thanks so much for your question and we always love hearing from you guys so keep up those dms and emails Mm -hmm. we love it yep 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 speaking of messaging us you can find us on instagram and facebook we have a website Mm -hmm. which is big and white podcast.com you can also email us and we have a patreon and i don't know call us but you don't have our number don't do that that would be weird that would be weird if you found my number and called me i would be real sad yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh, anyway okay well speaking of calling should we hang up now i think so okay well okay talk to you later okay 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 Okay. all right see you later okay bye talk to you next week is that okay what time do you want to meet bye next week is that Bye. okay? Tuesday works for Bye. me. Tuesday at about four o'clock in the like afternoon. I don't like this at all. I don't like it. <laughs> How's your mom doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm hanging up. Oh. <laughs>